1: The Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players! It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, June eighteenth. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning. I am your host, Dean Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. As always, I am humbled honored and excited to have with me fswa hall of famer el rey de fantasia the king scott angle hey scott how was your weekend happy father's day one more time how was your weekend good
2: gracias muy amable uh <laughs> yeah had some fun yesterday I had a nice uh ribeye yesterday nice I went to lunch with my son and uh he gave me some really cool kiff cool gifts and uh Including a Seattle Seahawks cap that actually the logo lights up,
1: oh yeah, yeah, that's good, so you're going to be good, even you know, in the Pacific Northwest, it rains a lot. It's really cloudy out there, so if you ever go out there and it's dirty or dingy or gray, everyone will still be able to see the king wearing his Seahawk's hat. I like that, Scott. I like that yes, yeah, so it was um pretty
2: cool it was, it, was, it was pretty cool, yeah, and the ca- okay. and the captain and Captain America mug.
1: I like that. I yeah. like that as well. Good stuff out of uh, Sean the Crown Prince of NASCAR for sure. I had some good time with the fam as well, unfortunately, in my house. Uh, Scott, the uh, the gifts I give, for some reason, we can't really talk about them over air. I will say, we, he did get a nice little bottle of tequila, though. So that was good, and we, uh, we partook like that, like a little that, bit. That. Yeah, we partook a little bit to celebrate uh, Father's Day. So that was good. So that was good. Listen, Scott, I feel like, you know, listen, NBA finals are done. NHL finals are done. You know, it's kind of like... We're into the phase of the boys of summer. You know what I mean, Scott? It's Major League Baseball. I mean, we have our news and notes. You know, the World Cup kind of got going as well. We saw the U.S. Open at Shinnecock. You saw Kepco with uh, two times now, repeat champion out there. Shout out to him. But, like, nobody was uh, under par in the entire U.S. Open. But it feels like baseball, really for the next couple of weeks, takes central stage, Scott. I mean, we even did the uh, All-Star Game balloting. It really feels like now... Baseball is really what everyone's going to be focusing on for the next month or so, right, Scott?
2: Yeah, Uh, well, yeah, fantasy football though is right around the corner, but, you know, it's crucial time in baseball right now, and uh, break up the Houston Astros, they've won 11 straight, the Blue Jays have won seven in a a row at home. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Nick Castellanos and uh, Eugenio Suarez are on
1: fire. Absolutely. You mentioned the Astros, Scott, who have, as you mentioned, won like 10 or 11 straight, really starting to pull away in that division. Remember that, that the, the Mariners have been sticking with them as well. So let's start there with Houston. Here's where I want to go, though, Scott. I mean, you talk about how they're winning all these games. So you would think, Scott, that if you have the closer for the Houston Astros, that you're in amazing shape. The question is, though, who is that closer Scott Rondone comes back out, gets the save yesterday, his fourth save of the season. You know, Giles was back toward, you know, Friday or whatever, getting saves. How do you play this bullpen going forward? Because, Scott, I'll also tell you, I believe Chris Davinsky is also still rosterable on Fantasy League. So how do you play the back end of this bullpen, Scott?
2: Uh, Right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards Rondon. He has, I believe... Uh Four of the team's last five saves. Uh, Giles did get one yesterday, but he's pitching He's pitching the eighth inning yesterday. And Radon's numbers have been terrific. His strikeout rate has been terrific. Sometimes earlier in his career, he was more erratic. But sometimes when a guy gets a chance later in his career to hold down the job, even so with LaTroy Hawkins uh, when he was pitching uh, early in his career, wasn't cut out to be a closer. Later in his career, he was. So, uh, you know, we, we, we see that sometimes with guys like Jason Grilly is another example mm. that, uh, you know, wasn't, you know, was a mediocre starter. And then, you know, became a became a, a, a closer like towards the late end of his career. And then he dropped off more right now. It's fluid. I don't think you can cut Ken Giles, but I think Rondon is the guy for now. <laughs> Fair I have both pull- of them in one of my leagues. I'm starting Rondon
1: this week. You have both of them, but you're only going ahead and starting Rondon in this league. Good insight from the King, Scott Angle. Listen, also I want to stay in the uh, I want to stay in the AL West, Scott. I mean, got an interesting game. You have um, you know you have the Angels and the A's. Okay, I want to go there. The Angels uh, are, seem to be kind of I don't know. I guess the thing is, Scott, are they hanging in it? or not? I guess that is the big question for me when it comes to the Angels. They lose 6-5 to the Oakland A's in 11 innings yesterday, uh, although I want to tip my cap, Albert Pujols, with his 400th regular season home run. So we tip our cap to him. I guess my question, Scott, is what do you do if you're the Angels in terms of like this trade deadline? Are you buyers or are you sellers? You see the Astros and the Seattle Mariners now jump out and have a big-time lead on you. You lost your, you know, you lost your rookie stud or you know, rookie in air quotes, Shohei Ohtani, right? But on the flip side, any team that has Mike Trout, you gotta believe you're still in it. If you're the Angels, what are you doing? How are you playing this uh, moving forward, Scott?
2: In terms of what? In
1: terms, in terms of terms if they're of... buyers or if they're sellers at the trade deadline. I mean, they're hovering. I don't think. Right I don't now. think
2: they're. I don't think they're sellers yet. You know, they 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 have a lot of talent right now. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Seattle no.
1: and and Houston are way far ahead of them, and you know, one of the other wild cards in the American League is coming from whoever finishes second place in the AL East.
2: This is—I have an issue with this this kind of okay. thing now. I say here's not just you from 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 other fantasy players. People are getting very focused on the trade deadline and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Independent races, you know, you got to be paying more attention. You know. To your to your own personal standings and where you can move up, etc. You know everybody's talking about you know even some of my writers are talking about like all this exciting trade deadline stuff, etc. But you you, you got to keep a focus on your own team. I know I know as fantasy players were baseball fans first, but I I think I think some people are taking their eye off
1: the ball. Okay, so tell me how to so. I mean, we have, you're right, Scott, we have spent time talking about, you know, relievers like Herrera and Hand and Britain that may be on the move. We've talked about, you know, 85 cents on the dollar, what that could represent for other players that we think might get moved and kids that might come up. But, so in general, Scott, you're saying... Listen, there's still a month and a half to the trading deadline. We don't have to pick up our eyes and look at the real baseball standings just yet. We're still grinding day by day. Your fantasy team standings and, and like, the players that can really kind of stay hot or be cold and pop off. Right for you. now, like that's I'm your
2: focus? About, concerned more about – what can I category? Can I move up in? Mm-hmm. when the Angels are going to be buyers and sellers at the trade deadline, or the Dodgers, you know, I'm hearing sure. about over the weekend from some of my some of my fantasy guys. Look, it's a concern if you play in an AL or an NL only league, and sometimes it changes the outlook of you, you know your players if they make a move. But and it's all fun speculation, you know. But there's there's a job at hand to be had right now, and it it's more to me it's more important to focus uh you know on on the fantasy task at hand this is a crucial time of year where i think you know you have to evaluate where you are in the standings and decide what categories you can move up in yeah. and what 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 you can it's all it's all nice and fun to speculate if the pittsburgh pirates are going to be sellers or not but you know i i think people get too swept up in this
1: Okay, fair enough. I hear you. I was taking stock of my team, the Trevor Redding story, and I realized that what I need to do where I can make the most hay is in that saves category, you know. I'm only getting right yeah. now three points out of that, but I see they're all bundled up, and I know that that's where I can go ahead. So you're you're recommending, Scott, people say, what are those stats? What are those categories that can really be a high leverage point for you that you can really make and go out and start trying to, you know, make some trade deals or put out some offers? Offers there, you know, if you're if you're struggling in power categories, but you're at the top of steals, it's time to start trading from strength and looking for for uh, categories that you could actually make a uh, a little bit of a jump in. Is that correct, Scott?
2: Yeah, I think closers are more important from this kind of thing, but right. kind of perspective, because the Mets may trade Familia. The the Padres may right. trade Hand. The hand you know, we've, the already, we've already written. seen Calame move. So I think it's very important to examine the trade possibilities from that perspective. But, you know, all this talk about DeGrom going to the Yankees sure, stuff like that, you know, this is that's water cooler talk. That doesn't help you in the standings.
1: All right, fair enough. Well, listen, Scott, if you need help in the standings, specifically in the stolen base category, how about Michael Taylor of Washington yesterday, Scott? I understand the Blue Jays win that game 8-6. I understand we're not worried about the Nationals being six games over wherever they are in the standings. Michael Taylor steals 4 Four bases. He now has 21 on the season. Think about the huge impact a guy like that can have, Scott. He's hitting only 236. Here's my question, though, for you, Scott. We've talked a lot about the power hitters, you know, the Joey Gallows of the world, the other guys that are banging home runs but hitting 210, 220. It used to be that was kind of the narrative, Scott, around stolen base guys, you know, like, oh, Billy Hamilton will get to these steals, but he'd only hit 210. you know, same with a guy like Michael Taylor. With all these power guys now also hitting like 210, 220, 230, does that give you more of an opportunity to look at some of these straight steals guys? I mean, I remember guys like Jared Dyson, who wouldn't be hitting well, Michael Taylor, Billy Hamilton. But they're not really, for average, they're not any worse than some of these three true outcome power guys. you got to go out and get Michael Taylor and some of these speed stolen base guys, right, Scott? I'm
2: not touching Michael Taylor. No, why not? Yeah, he had a great game yesterday, but you know like you said the guy's hitting two thirty six and that's his high water mark uh he has an O b p of three oh one and he's played sixteen games this month mm-hmm. in twelve of them he has not stolen a base in may he only stole four bases uh he came out of the gate on fire in in terms of in terms of stolen bases you know he mm-hmm. stole he stole eight in uh, in the month of April, but he he just he just doesn't hit. Yeah, you know, you know, at one point he was actually down to like 196 in mid-April, but and uh, finished finished. He finished the month at 294, but then he really fell off in May. You know, this guy doesn't get on base enough. It's you know it's like Billy Hamilton. Yeah, you want Billy Hamilton? He's hitting under 200. Jared Dyson is hitting under under 160. Yeah, these guys can steal a few bases in a game once in a while, but they're going to drag your average down. You're going to leave them in the lineup, and maybe they'll steal two to three bases a week, but overall they're going to drag your team down. It's like give me a guy that's going to hit for average and steal. Uh, I I don't don't want a guy that's going to hit 220, you know, and, and okay, have a three-stolen base game and then do nothing for another week because he's not getting on base.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. You don't think though that impact that risk is lessened because the power guys are also hitting, hitting you know that low in terms of batting average as well these days. You know, you say it's these not. It's not because it, it,
2: but- it's. not because in comparison to like a low power guy. I'm, I'm look. I'm isolating Michael Taylor by himself sure. and saying to myself, Do I really want to you know put this guy on my team? And when I look how much he drags down my batting average. He's not giving me enough pop. He's not giving me enough RBI production. Uh, you know, he's one homer this month and yeah. three RBIs. He's got more stolen bases than RBIs. You know, I I really don't want a part of him. It's uh, I'm not I'm not wasting my Fab money on a, on a Michael Taylor. You know, give me a guy who's going to hit 270 with 25 home runs instead.
1: All right, fair enough. That's where you see uh, Scott Engel staying away from these one-category kind of guys. It seems like, Scott, you're preferring the, the more well-rounded ball player. Um, the Boston Red Sox, they take out Seattle. In Seattle yesterday, 9-3. to three. Hey, Scott, the Red Sox probably have some guys you want on your fantasy team. You know, Rafael Devers is his 11th home run of the year. Xander Bogarts is his 12th home run of the year, hitting up to 279. I want to ask you, though. Scott, I want to ask you about Mitch Moreland. Okay, he goes two for four. He hits three ribbies on the day. He's hitting 276. I remember when they DFA'd Hanley Ramirez. At this point, that was about a month ago, right, Scott? We talked about how Mitch Moreland might have been the beneficiary, you know, how he was going to probably be in the lineup a little bit more. But one of the concerns was when you, you know, use a part time player and have him start playing every day, sometimes they get exposed. My question is. Has Moreland been exposed at all, or is he doing kind of what you want him to do? If you have Moreland and you were excited that he was going to get more at-bats, more games after Hanley, has he delivered for you?
2: He has, but he's cooled off a lot recently. Okay. But that that's Mitch Moreland. I've had him on my roster before. He goes through hot – he's streaky. He goes through hot spells, and he goes through cold spells. And, you know, if you want Moreland as a corner infielder, you know, in the middle of the Boston lineup, I think – I think it's worth enduring the cold spells. Right now he's hitting 276 with 10 homers and uh, 202 at-bats. So if he was to get 600 at-bats, he's like on a 30-homer pace. And you know the guy's a career 254 hitter. Right now the BABIP is 310. It's a it's a little high. You know he's probably going to settle like around 270 with 25 homers. You know so what you see is is what you get. You know baseball's a game peaks and valleys as the cliche goes. And right. right now he's going through a valley. You know that's what you get. But you know then he's he's going to help your team in the standings for like mm-hmm. a good week period to when he heats up. Mitch Moreland's Mitch Moreland. He's
1: streaky. All right. Fair enough. Let's go down to another game here, Scott. Down in Atlanta. The Braves take out the Padres 4-1. We have the return of Julio Tehran, right? He goes 6 no-hit innings. He strikes out 11, getting his fifth win of the season, lowering his ERA to under 4. Listen, Scotty, uh Teran would be a nice surprise for the Braves, especially because my guy Mike Fultanevich hit the DL over the uh over the weekend. But uh you know, you can I guess they can't bring him back out with a no-hitter in his first game back, huh?
2: I guess not, but you know, Tehran's kind of up and down. Yeah,
1: 95 pitches.
2: Yeah, he's he's kind of up and down. Uh, I think I look at him as more of a streamer than a guy that I simply have to plug into my lineup every week. He's got a 397 ERA, which is better than last year, but you know, his ex FIP is 485. He's got an 81.4% strand rate and a 218 Babip, so there's some regression coming there.
1: All right, fair enough. Hopefully he and there's does some help
2: danger out. always. Yeah, I with Tehran, I remember with him at, at home.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, Scott. Last year, I remember I had some shares of him early on, and I had to you know cut bait on Tehran because his home road splits were out of control last year. Scott, I think he literally—I don't have him up right now—but I think he literally pitched to like around a you know low two ERA on the road and like a six ERA at home. It was absolutely crazy. Is there any reason? For that, you know, is it like the jet stream in to right center in the SunTrust Park? Is it a mental thing? What do you think could go, uh, what do you think could be behind something like such dramatic home road spits? And we're not talking about a hitter at Coors Field here, Scott.
2: You yeah, you talk to players, you try to figure it out, but uh, I, think, I think it just comes down to that SunTrust Park is really a hitter's venue. This year, uh, his home ERA is 415, and and the way is three point seven nine. You know, sometimes we're looking, to, you know, to get all deeper I mean, in in terms of in terms of you know why a guy may do this at home versus road. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think you just see overall that you know this is more of a hitter's park, and, and that that's pretty much what it is. You know, back before SunTrust Park, Atlanta was a pitcher's park, and you know now that's changed.
1: Okay, fair enough. Shane Bieber gets his first win for the Cleveland Indians in a win against Minnesota. Cleveland now four games over 500. Bieber goes five and two-thirds, gives up one, but strikes out seven to get his first win. Catcher Jan Gomes had a nice game with three ribbies. He's up to over 250 with his batting average. Scott, this kid Bieber, is he going to stick up this time? I mean, Carrasco got banged up over the weekend on a comebacker. Do you think Bieber sticks and makes more if you're a fantasy player, are you uh, looking at him? He's one of these kids that had, you know, kind of had a lot of buzz around his uh, coming coming up to the show.
2: I think he's got a chance. He's pitched better than Adam Plutko, and right now, uh, you know, there is there is an opening in that rotation. You know, right now it's Kluber, Bauer, Clevenger, and they have Plutko and Bieber. And, you know, right now, Tyler, you know, slotted in at the four and five spots. Uh, there's nobody else I could really see that they would move into that rotation. He certainly pitched better than Pluto right now, so I figure if they're going to go with four guys and to maybe have that fifth guy to maybe skip on an off day, it might be Pluco over Bieber.
1: Okay, so something to keep an eye on. We'll also keep our eye on Carlos Carrasco in that rotation to see what happens when after he took a comeback, I believe, to the forearm. Scott, another game I want to get at. The Baltimore Orioles, they put up a 10 spot at home against the Marlins. I want to ask you about Mark Trumbo, okay? Scott, Trumbo goes three for five. He goes yard as well. It's only his fourth of the year. But here's my thing about Trumbo, Scott. Trumbo, in my opinion, used to be one of these kind of guys, like we were talking about, the Joey Gallows of the world, right? The three true outcomes. You get your power, but it would come at a price. I look up right now, though, Scott, Trumbo's hitting 261, That's a lot better average than I thought. We just talked about these one-category steals guys. To me, Trumbo was one of these power guys that you would get the pop, you get the home runs, maybe the ribbies, but you would have to sacrifice an average and OBP. 261 is a pleasant surprise out of Trumbo. What do you think about him? Could he sustain kind of that that average and deliver power for you?
2: I doubt it. 261 (laughs) is career 249 hitter. I see at least a 10-point drop coming. Uh, the bad is 317. That's that. Uh, you know that you we know, you take a look at that, it's over his career mark of 287. Yeah. So he's been a little fortunate. You know, right now, four homers and 150 at bats. His isolated power is 159 right now, which is which is well below his career mark of 211. You know, I'm I'm starting to get to the point with Trumbo in the last full season, he only hit 23 home runs. So Maybe you're looking at a two forty twenty home run hitter. I'm not interested really that much in Mark Trumbo. Somebody offered him to me a week ago. I was like, can we start talking a real trade? Can you bring up a real player?
1: <laughs> so, so did did they bring up a real player? Did they no. up, did they upgrade no. the offer from? Trumbo? They tried.
2: They tried. They tried to send me Trumbo for one of my
1: one of my decent pitchers. I said, not interested in Trumbo whatsoever. Got you, got you. Yeah, people are like you said, Scott. This is the time when people are starting to uh, work out some trades, you know, because you got to see what categories you need. Hey, Scott, it sounds like you like these overall players, right? I got someone that I think I might be able to interest you as an overall player, and I go to Los Angeles where the San Francisco Giants took out the Dodgers four to one yesterday. Hey, Scott, I'm talking about Brandon Belt. I mean, Brandon Belt hits his. his 12th home run of the season this is a guy he's an overall player Scott hitting 302 his OPS right now over 900 at the corner infield Brandon Belt occupies like usually the second spot in that order may get more opportunities to maybe hit in the middle of that lineup because remember Evan Longoria went down recently for San Francisco you know Nick Hundley also has a great game but you know that's going to be Buster Posley behind the dish most times for the Giants but Brandon Belt having a Good year hitting over 300 with his 12th homer of the year. He'll be a guy, just like you said, Scott, that's going to wind up with 20 home runs and around 75 ribbies. You like that, don't you?
2: I do, but you know, if you go to rotoexperts.com this morning, we got a new article from Inside Injuries where mm. uh, they talk about random belt being a risk you try to move him if you can because he just returned from an epidectomy you know that really messes with the core muscles I think uh I, th- I think Cole Calhoun actually did it with that and over the longer over the longer stretch you know that that may sap his production I think it's something to be concerned about at least courting the inside injuries
1: Okay, so that is definitely something to keep an eye on. Going over to Inside Injuries, as they always say, you can't tell when an injury is going to happen, but Dr. A and the crew over there do the best job of helping you out. Hey, Scott, one more game I want to talk about, okay? We go down to Milwaukee, all right? The, or up to Milwaukee, I guess, depending on where you are. The Philadelphia Phillies take out the Brewers 10-9. to 9, and, and, Scott, this is kind of like a matchup of two uh, – Potential playoff teams here that you wouldn't think about. Eric, Tim's coming back with a big game, four ribbies. Mikel Franco coming back. Maybe he's viable again on some rosters with four ribbies. But I don't know if you saw uh, – I don't know if you actually saw the game, Scott. But what was also interesting, I don't know if you saw the kid Adrian Hauser that got kind of called up. Did you see that on the mound, he actually pulled a Willie Beeman and vomited twice on the mound and then still finished the inning? This kid, Adrian Hauser, that was called up from the minors to uh, fill in. I thought that was fun. But some players from these teams really getting going again, Tims and uh, and Franco.
2: Yeah, it was interesting with, with Marcus Thames that, uh, you know, he actually shaved his beard. And he hit two home runs yesterday after hitting 100 for the rest of the week. So, and uh, and this week uh, he, he's actually pl- platooning. And this week they 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 face a whole bunch of righties, so he should get a lot of playing time. As for Franco, yeah, he had one good game yesterday, but mm-hmm. he's been losing a lot of playing time. He's unreliable, and I actually caught him in
1: one league. You did, yeah. We were talking yeah. about that Franco. You know, it it looked it looks got like you know Gabe Kepler has lost faith in him on some level, right? And so you you did as well as a fantasy manager. It's time to cut bait. We think on Mikel Franco, even despite the game he had yesterday.
2: Depends on how big your league is. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Town Wars, I I need I I just I just saw some better corner infielders slash outfielders after that I liked better. So. Uh, you know, I picked up Rolani Chisholm and Tony Kemp, and Franco was one of the guys that I got rid of.
1: Alright, fair enough. Hey, Scotty, we are off and running. When we come back, we still got a lot to do, Scott, on a Monday, okay? We got to go over some bumps and bruises. I know you like to give the infirmary report, Scott. We'll see. We got a couple people coming back this week, a couple people that got dinged up over the weekend. We will check in on that. We will get people ready for Daily Fantasy on Monday. We will also, like you said, look at rotoexperts.com. There's a great article there about things like two-star pitchers, some waiver ads we'll get into that a lot of stuff to get to uh you know big time monday here we also scott we've got a new contest that we're going to be doing with dkms gotta let the listeners know about that we're off and running it's a big time you know monday big week here in fantasy sports roto experts in the morning on the fantasy sports radio network dane and scott come on right back That's what I'm talking about. What's this, Scotty? Educate me. Okay. More, more kiss. More Shout kiss. it out loud. Yo, let me tell you something, guys. The King Take Scott Angle is it. not joking. He showed me some uh, pictures when he's out in his full kiss regalia. And all I got to tell you is the King is not joking around when he hits the town with his crew decked out as Kiss. Uh, thanks for the education, though, Scott. I like that. Um, I like what you're doing there, helping me out. little shout it out loud. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Listen, Scott, uh, first of all, So many ways you guys can join the show, okay? So let me tell you something. If you want, either now, talk about baseball. We had a call uh, last week, Scott. Guy wanted to call in and talk about LeBron, where he thought LeBron was going to wind up. Jake and I were talking about that. If you want to holler at us at the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. We will take your call, Scott. I expect we're going to have a ton of calls coming up about fantasy football as we get into that. You also can uh, you know, check us out on Twitter. Twitter. I'm at and Speeds. We're at Scotty Roto X, at the All In Kid, and Roto Experts. We put up poll questions, Scott, and we've been doing this Face of Baseball, Scott. We are into the second round. Okay, so we're gonna have some more interesting matchups. We have today's matchup is the four seed, Mike Trout, going up against the lone upset in our first round. Remember, in that five twelve matchup, we had an upset. It. Trout would have been going against his teammate, Shohei Ohtani, but instead Justin Verlander pulled the upset. So JPR Night Owl down there in the fantasy pit of misery is going to get that poll question up. We've got the four-seed Mike Trout against the 12-seed Justin Verlander. How do you think this one's going to play out, Scott? You think the Cinderella run of uh, Justin Verlander is over, or does he get through yet another angel in Mike Trout?
2: Uh, Mike Trout is closest thing, one of the closest things to the face of baseball, as we have as good as Verlander has good good as Verlander is Trout is widely regarded as the best pure player in the game, I don't think Verlander survives this one
1: I don't either. I think the Cinderella run comes to an end. I think Mike Trout will move on to the semifinals. You know, Scott, I think we're going to pretty much have some chalk in this uh, tournament, right? And when we get to the kind of semifinals, it's going to be very interesting when we see the big boys of, like, say, Trout and Altuve, and Bryce Harper, you know, maybe a, an Aaron Judge or a Mike Stanton. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they ultimately, uh, you know, who ultimately wins our poll to be the face of baseball in Major League Baseball. But you can get that poll up there. Our guy, JP, the Night Owl is putting it up right now. You could vote on that. You could also play Roto-Cleo along with us uh, as we move along. But, Scott, there's going to even be another opportunity – for fans to play along with us. Check this out. If you want to get a ticket or a chance to win tickets to the 2018 World Series game, tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th and be you can play the DKMS trivia challenge for a shot to call in with a chance to attend the fall classic in person. All you got to do is use the same old number 844-843-6879. The contest is sponsored by DKMS who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival, but only 30% of patients can find a matching donor. That's where you come in, okay? Go on over to dailyroto.com DKMS. Learn a lot more about how you can step up and help people struggling with this disease, but don't forget, keep it locked to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. It is the DKMS Trivia Challenge. Hey, Scott, I think that's kind of fun. We're gonna be doing a little bit of trivia challenge with the listeners, get some people calling in, see if they could uh hang and maybe get uh a chance to win two tickets to the World Series. What do you think about that, Scott? Nice little nice little promo, nice little contest we're doing with DKMS, huh?
2: Oh yeah. It's always good. It's for a great cause. in second season of doing something like this, uh uh coming up for NFL as well. So uh very much looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. You think our listeners, let's put it this way, because we're going to be doing the contest across, you know, it will we'll be on, you know, uh, Roto Experts in the Morning. We'll probably also be on shows like, you know, uh, Fantasy Best Friends Forever and, you know, uh, F- Fantasy Football Frenzy. The question is, Scott, do you think our listeners are smarter than the listeners of other shows?
2: Do I think of other shows on this network or overall?
1: Yeah, on this network. Like, would you put our Roto Experts listeners up against the fantasy BFF listeners? Do you think that our – like, I'm trying to create a little friendly rivalry here, Scott. Do you think our listeners will outshine the BFF listeners?
2: Uh, yeah, the BF, BFF is kind of like a saccharine, you know, kind of like uh sugary kind of show. I got gotcha. uh, you. Yeah. Know, our, our show is, I think, is a little more serious. You know, we don't... The hardcore, we, we got the hardcore fan, We don't, fan, sing, we don't sing bad 90s songs, you know, Ooh, in, let them know, you Scott. You know, uh, but... I would have to say, you know, I'll I'll, I'll take our listeners over to the BFF yeah, listeners.
1: Yeah, that's right. I know my fantasy best friend forever, Frank Stanfill, might be able to hear the sound of my voice right now. And so it is on like Donkey Kong. The Roto Experts in the Morning listeners will put it on the fantasy BFS. We'll see what they have to say in retort. But remember, that contest is going on uh, starting in a couple of weeks, starting July uh, 9th, I believe. July 8th excuse me, July 8th through July 17th, Roto Experts in the Morning, uh, for your chance to win two tickets. Let's go on over to the Daily Roto. Okay, uh, you know, they make millionaires over there, Scott. We got an interesting slate today. Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, those are the kind of high price guys. We know what they both can do in terms of their strikeouts. You know about that spin rate that both of them have been talking about. I'm interested in kind of the uh, the middle tier, though. You know, you got a guy – like Nick Pavetta, who you have liked before. You got a guy like Miles Mikolas, who we have talked about, Scott, that we definitely like moving forward, right? And then there's also the curious case of Jacob DeGrom. Listen, DeGrom is a stud. We know that. The only problem is he's pitching tonight in Coors, or today tonight, in Coors Field. Does that give you uh, too much cause for pause for DeGrom, or is he just so good that he is ballpark and matchup proof at this point, Scott?
2: I think he's almost, he's almost like ballpark proof. Right. It's, you know, it's like in past years when we saw Coach Kershaw go into Coors Field and he would have a good game. It's, you know, I I, th- I think good pitchers excel anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people might be off of him tonight actually because of the venue. And the Mets offense really, really woke up helping? over the over the weekend. A little no, bit, yeah. They yep. woke up, up over the weekend. It's like... If anything's going to spur them at any point during the season, it's that four-run ninth inning that they had yesterday, which was that was, that was kind of like a unreal sort of comeback. It's you know if they can carry the momentum into Colorado, and you know Todd Frazier can can you know jump on all these lefties he's facing, they might actually get some run support here. You know DeGrom could give up three four runs here, and he. He might give up some run support. This is an opportunity for the Mets offense to turn it around in Colorado after taking the last two in Arizona. So I'm okay with using the Grom tonight, but uh, I, I think you know I I kind of look down the board, and mm-hmm. you know you do have some chalk plays like Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole. They love them on daily roto, yep. but I uh, take a look at you know I, I like I like Caleb Smith at San Francisco tonight. You know he's mm. pitched really well. And of course, you know my guy Jaime Barria. You know, getting two turns this
1: week, and uh, you know, facing Cincinnati tonight. There you go. Okay, so fair enough. But honestly, Scott, though, is that just an opportunity for you to say uh, Barria again, or do you actually like him, or were you I just actually
2: like to- him? I I own him in two leagues.
1: All right, I don't know, because sometimes, Scott, I'm just trying to make sure that you're not just trying to get in, uh, you know, you're just not trying to get in your, your glorious accents, you know, that's all, that's all, Scott. But Oye, you no
2: necesita aquí, okay?
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Hey, let's keep it moving, though, Scott. Those are definitely some of the places you can go if you want to trust DeGrom. Listen, DeGrom may be low-owned today, you know, because of, like you said, people thinking that that Met offense is still putrid despite them showing signs of life over the weekend because they draw Coors Field. So maybe DeGrom could be an interesting zig when others zag. You got the Grankies, the Pavetta's, and the Michaelis's other options if you don't want to spend up for Bauer or Cole, who should be the chalk, as you mentioned, Scott. But if you need more insight, go on over to DailyRoto.com. They make millionaires over there. We'll be talking with Colin, Andrew and Mike Leone a little bit later on this week week. But Scott, you mentioned the two-star guys, right? You mentioned the two-star guys. Brandon Williams, as always, does a great article over on rotoexperts.com. Check him out. Check him out on Twitter as well. BC Williams 71 Get a little bit of plug there. Let's look at some of these two-star pitchers. You know, you mentioned Caleb Smith. We mentioned Nick Pavetta. What about some of these other guys? Like, I'm intrigued by Domingo Herman. You know, you could probably stream him. He's getting 2 starts. Of course at you home. are. Right, at home against the Mariners. Listen, I haven't mentioned the Yankees much yet today, Scott. I will say this. I think I've, you know, I haven't used my uh, ratio just yet. We're in the middle of the month. I'm trying to save up my Yankee mentions for later on so I can really flood you with them towards the end of the month. But Herman does have the Mariners on Tuesday, then at – Tampa on Sunday. Those are two interesting starts. Uh, I would like him. I think ahead of a guy like Dylan Covey, who's got the Indians and then Oakland. Like you like his start against Oakland, but not you know when you're at home instead of on the road.
2: Covey's pitched really well though. He's okay. He's pitched really well. He's 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 outperformed you know Jermaine.
1: Yeah, twelve to one strikeout to walk ratio in the last couple of outings. We like that. So you like Covey? What about or Covey? What about a guy like? I'm just Chatwood, saying, it's not a slam dunk
2: that 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 I would take Germano over Covey. I mean, I know I know you would take German over, you know,
1: Cristiano anybody. Two starts, you know. That's right. I'm taking I'm yeah. taking him over Corey yeah. Kluber, you know. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Let me ask you about a different one. Um, that I, I like.
2: German, I like German though. I think the first okay. start is definitely tougher than the second, you know, but his last two
1: performances have
2: been very encouraging.
1: Okay, let me ask you about two other guys that I think are interesting. The first is Tyler Anderson in Colorado. Scott, he's got two home starts in Colorado, so I would usually just X him off the list right away. But they are against the Mets and the Marlins, Scott, two offenses that certainly do not scare me. The little uh, rising from the slumber you mentioned about the Metropolitans notwithstanding. I know he's at Coors, but the Mets and the Marlins are two decent matchups. What do you think about Tyler Anderson?
2: I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, you certainly want to, you know, take a chance against two offenses that really been struggling. So, you know, I'm I'm certainly okay with that.
1: Okay, so that's another interesting—I'll tell you another guy where, where the matchups, I think, are really strong. Listen, in his last game, he was playing the Astros, who got roped and scored, uh, had gave up eight runs in like an inning and a third. I'm talking about Paul Blackburn in Oakland. Check this out this week, Scott, at the Fathers, and then at the White Sox, again— Two teams that just straight up do not scare me. Sometimes you gotta attack the opposing offense, Scott. What do you think about Blackburn? He he gets to avoid the Astros, which is where he blew up the last uh, outing.
2: Yeah, you know that's sharp. You know he's the guy's a streamer, and it depends on who he faces. Guys who don't strike out a lot of hitters, you know, you have to stream them. You know, I'm looking at these like these Matt Cook types. You know, Matt mm-hmm. Cook is a really good record, nice whip, but you know he's showed a lot of bumps lately. And I'm only putting him out there like I'm sitting him this week against the Angels, you know, for his one start. The guy these guys who don't strike out a lot of hitters and tend to get blown up or you know, I'm 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 gonna be careful with it. But you mentioned you mentioned Miles Michaelis. Mm-hmm. Uh he's at Philly, he's at Milwaukee, the way he's pitched. You know, I really don't care what the matchups are. What's interesting is Blake Snell has a killer two turn week. He's at Houston at home against the Yankees. Oof, and rough. and the first starters against Verlander. I would blame you if you sit Snell this week.
1: Yeah, those are two tough offenses to draw. And you look at the other side of things. You get Justin Verlander. That could be an issue. Hey, Scott,
2: and look at Marco went? Gonzalez. As good as he's pitched, he's got the Yankees and the Red Sox both on the
1: road. Yeah, that's rough. I'm telling you, you gotta look at these matchups, okay? When you draw an offense and you're facing, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, the Indians, some of these, uh, some of these offenses, you have to stay away. It's not only the, it's not only the ballpark you're pitching in; it's the team you're pitching against, and it's also sometimes you mention Scott, the starter on the other side. I'm glad that you mentioned Justin Verlander, though, Scott, because I have two things I want to touch on real quick about Justin Verlander. The first is. Before As you, you know, do though, make oh, sure go you ahead. go to rotoexperts.com
2: oh, this it. morning for all the two-turn pitchers, the fantasy baseball weekly planner, uh with Brandon C. Williams.
1: Absolutely. Brandon Williams does a great job there, Scott. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh I was gonna go back to him. In fact, Scott, can you talk you talk about uh rotoexperts.com, you know, the mark of fantasy excellence. You know, we're in a point of the calendar where people can go there for their Major League Baseball stuff like streaming and two-star pitchers, but we're going to also start putting up, you know, a ton of football articles as well, Scott, right? I know you are writing and editing. I know my guy, the all-in kid Jake Seely is writing and editing. I know I even submitted an article for this exclusive Edge package. Tell people when this is going to start to be available and what can they start to expect from the uh Roto Edge exclusive fantasy football package.
2: Yeah, we'll be launching this week, probably with this about 30, thirty articles. Awesome. Oh, snap! Uh, improved cheat sheet generator and a full suite of projections to kick off with a lot more to
1: come. So, tell me a little bit about this cheat sheet generator, Scott. I I like to cheat sometimes. How do I? What 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 is it generating for me? What do you mean generator? Ba- like what ba- is it?
2: Basically, you input your scoring system and ah. your parameters and and you know based on our projections it gives you a cheat sheet that you can take to your draft.
1: Okay, so it's customizable based on the scoring systems. Listen, number one rule of all fantasy leagues know your settings and so the cheat sheet generator allows you to plug in your settings and get customizable ranks or, or or projections and scoring based on that that's definitely good to know starting this week get that exclusive edge package and get ready for fantasy football you can try to win your leagues and win that cash hey scotty let's go over to verlander okay right now they got that face of mlb uh brackets going on we're in the second round mike trout dominating Justin Verlander early. It's 82-18. to Get on out there and vote, though. But you think Trout is going to move on to the semis? No problem, right, Scott?
2: Yeah. uh, It's just not even going to be a
1: contest. All right. This may be... Remember, Verlander's the lowest seed of this uh, group right here. So, uh, you know, he should... The Run may end, the other thing I really wanted quickly to talk about scott i don 't know if you saw this you know there 's always battles on social media there 's always beef now on social media. There was a post, and you were talking to uh, remember last week, Scott, you were talking to Glaber Torres. you talked to, to him about his power surge. you know well, there was a kind of in essence a troll out there on Twitter. Pretty much insinuating that Glaber Torres was on performance-enhancing drugs, noting how weird it was that Glaber Torres only had 24 home runs in over 1,400 at bats in the minors, and then all of a sudden, in only about 150 at bats with the New York Yankees in the big show, has 13 home runs. Kind of insinuating like that—that's really weird, you know—and that uh, you know the power, the power display is—you know—maybe there's something else going on with Glaber in terms of the PED usage. And Justin Verlander likes this post and responds by saying, yeah, that's weird. I thought it was real interesting that it would be Justin Verlander to come out and have any kind of public commentary on this, especially because you remember, Scott, early in the year, there was this kind of back and forth on social media with Trevor Bauer and the idea of the spin rate and how maybe there was an inflated velocity increase for a guy like Justin Verlander, who has been putting up ridiculous numbers ever since he moved from Detroit to Houston people were wondering if there's anything weird behind that, and now Verlander's coming out saying that there may be something weird about a l rookie of the year favorite Glyber Torres. What do you think about this Scott? much ado about nothing, or should Verlander keep his uh mouth or in this case his keyboard shut and just you know stay focused on his you know sub two e r a
2: uh much ado about nothing i okay. don't see any reasons why you'd be pointing to. Torres, look, Verlander's played the game. I haven't. You know, maybe he some, knows something I don't. But, uh, you know, from what I've seen watching baseball with Torres, you know, guys certainly uh, sometimes blossom when they hit the majors and don't always hit for the same power. The Francisco Lindor never, was never that much of a home run hitter in the minor leagues
1: mm. uh, as much as he is now, if I, I recall correctly. Yeah. Is that just people – is that just guys like – for lack of a better term, growing into their bodies and their man strength, Scott? Is that what happens? And you know the old it's also, that it's like also mechanics. become and, homers?
2: It's also mechanics. You know, it's it's a variety of things. You know, it's... it's Probably a a hitting coach can explain it better than I could, but Mm -hmm. sometimes guys just blossom at the major league level. I mean, you look at Francisco Lindor's numbers. Right now he's got 16 home runs and 327 at-bats. In the minor leagues, like his last year in the minors, he had five home runs and 180 plate appearances. So, you know, we didn't see the the power from Lindor until he got to the majors. You know, sometimes, sometimes it... It just happens that way, and to point a finger back at Verlander, you know, it's, you know, people. I, I, I think, I think you're not finding any tentpoles for these kind of arguments. <laughs> anything, anything that you can stick it to, you know, it's, you know, I, uh, I was watching, you know, Mariner highlights last yeah. night, and I'm thinking to myself, this one guy had a massive home run, and I'm thinking, wow, he's been around forever. I believe uh-huh. he's had issues before, and I wouldn't be surprised
1: if he got popped. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, to, I, I guess it's this. I guess it's. This, but I don't have any God, proof know? of
2: that, so I guess i careful about
1: what Absolutely. I say, you know. And I think that's 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 what I was going to say to kind of tie this all up, Scott. You know, I think it's. Unfortunately, it's the kind of society, it's the culture we live in, you know, when we see these incredible feats of athleticism, I just think it's sad that our our knee-jerk reaction instead of appreciating what we see is to question it, you know? And when we see that right now in so many areas of life. We see it in politics. We see it in sports, you know, with, with, with performance enhancing drugs and fake news and all this stuff. And our, and our first instinct is not to just enjoy what we see, but to somehow be skeptical and question it. And quite frankly, I think that's sad because there are so many people out here in, 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 in professional sports that are really pushing the boundaries of human performance and something that we should really be appreciating that we get to see, you know what I mean? I mean, like, think about, you know, say, like LeBron James or something like, we are seeing things that we have never seen before, and instead of appreciating it, we start to question right away.
2: We do. And, you know, when you're on top, somebody was always trying to knock you down, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, obviously I was talking about Nelson Cruz because he's, mm-hmm. gotten, po- he's gotten popped in the past. And you know, his age is very much way up there. And you know, he's and, you know what i got to tell you, Scott? Reports what I hate... Before.
1: Yeah. I hate that this a lot of times is a narrative that surrounds the Latino ball player, Scott. I gotta tell you that. You know, like because I you know, and every kind of uh I guess rumor comes from somewhere, right? But I'm 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 always a little bit upset that the Latino ball player carries that um Kind of brand, I think a little bit more than some other players is am I crazy, Scott? Am I just being defensive because I'm Puerto Rican, or do you see that as well that that narrative kind of t- ties to the Latin ball player a lot?
2: Well, I'm not Puerto Rican, so I never heard of, <laughs> thought of that Okay. so but, you know it's it's interesting that you have that sort of perspective uh but you know it's you know I could play in another t- another of of the things that get close home to you, you know. How many of the 90s Yan- Yankees were pointed to and a lot of them were not Latin ball
1: players? This is true. This is true. Uh we know about Andy Pettit and some others as Clemens, well, Danny Nagel, you know,
2: none of those guys were Latin sure. ball players. So yeah, you know, I think I think I think maybe you know, I can't tell you your sensitivity is misplaced because <laughs> yeah. I you know, I'm not in your I you know, I'm not in your I understand. Skin. I understand. But I would I would say, you know I I would say that you know, sports history has taught us that, you know, you can't tie it to one specific sort of people, I think. Sure.
1: Well, I hope not. I hope not. Um, I mean, they're... I have
2: my suspicions about certain guys, you know, that I'm not mm-hmm. going to say on the air. And I just, sure. I looked at them and, like, in a certain place, you know, plays, you know I, I recall this one, like, guy who was always, like, among the best hitters in the game, but he was always getting injured. And when I looked at him, it looked like his, he had one of those lantern heads that you pointed to, you know, <laughs> when, when a guy had a steroids, and he he never even got remotely mentioned.
1: Pimples on the back and stuff, some of these indicators as did, well. Yeah, I didn't <laughs>
2: get into that. I'm not talking Sorry. about Piazza. You know, it's <laughs> hey. there were suspicions about him. There were suspicions yeah. about Bagwell. Yeah. You know, and those are not Latino ballplayers.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. And it's interesting how it's some just, guys
2: it's just you hate it though because it affects fantasy sometimes you right. know you'll see it you'll see a guy like Irvin santana get popped you're like oh man i was hoping to get some you know value out of this guy <laughs> i it's, thought i had some look, quality starts with out with, of this with, guy. with with cano with cano right. that really
1: hurts fantasy teams Absolutely, and we've even been discussing how will the Seattle Mariners kind of, when he does come back, where will the spot be for Robinson Cano? Because, as you mentioned, Nelson Cruz, you're not putting him at third with Seager. D. Gordon has performed well, but so have the other outfielders out there, you know, Haniger and Span as well. So maybe a good problem to have for the Mariners as they move forward. Real quick, Scott, we only have a couple of minutes left, two minutes to be exact. I'm back into the Brandon uh, Williams article, and we're talking about some of the hitters that are streaming. I wanted to bring up one or two more guys. One guy, you know how we were talking about the uh the Steels guys who are not good for your average at all. I want to ask yeah. you I want to ask you about Malik Smith. I want to ask you about Malik Smith, Scott. You know, the speed. He's got speed for days. But as Brandon Williams notes, he's also really good in Tampa at Tropicana Field where they're playing the Yankees um, later on this week. At Tropicana Field, he's hitting 382, Scott. Not necessarily in regular duty, but this guy can also steal your bases. I had him on my team for a little while, but then he wasn't hitting at all, so I was considering dropping him. Do you retain a guy like Malik Smith on your roster if you need the steals?
2: Well, he looks at him as a streamer, you know, right. which is which is very smart for this week. Malik Smith is in two eighty four. This is not Michael Taylor. He's got, but do you think he you know, can stay th- at two eighty? Yeah, this is a guy who's got a three sixty three bad bip, so a little bit of regression. I think he's more like a two sixty five, two seventy hitter, and he's got a, he's got a dozen steals. But I'd rather have him than Michael Taylor.
1: Okay, fair enough I mean, listen, I'm just trying to find other guys Because, you know, some of these steel guys you don't want Malik Smith is more appealing Because, you know, he's got his average up Even with some Babbitt progression Still at maybe 265, 270 So that you'll take a shot with, right, Scott?
2: Yes fair I don't enough. want
1: 220 Alright, fair enough I don't want 220 either But sometimes you gotta get them if you need those steals. Hey, Scott, have a great day uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Roto Experts in the morning, alright? Okay, Papi Chulo Sounds good. When we come back, the hot tag is made to the all-in kid. Come on right back. Roto-Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo
0: and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go.
1: You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Welcome back to Roto-Express this morning. I am your host, Dane Martinez, the Kwame Speed Statistician. We're here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and the king, Scott Angle, has made the hot tag to the all-in kid, Jake Sealy. Hey, Jake, how you doing this fine Monday morning? Happy Father's Day to you and yours out there. Hope you had a great weekend. How you feeling, Jake? Yeah,
0: I'm good. How about you?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm feeling good. You know, I, I was telling Scott, At the top of the uh, last hour, I really feel like now, you know, the NBA finals are done. The NH the Stanley Cup is done. You know, it's really – we're in really kind of like the boys of summer kind of period of the year. You know, baseball is taking center stage. Obviously, golf majors and the World Cup notwithstanding. I don't know how much you're watching that, Jake. I'm starting to get into the World Cup myself, but I digress. But this is really – until we get to, you know – the the true run up to football, even though it's kind of in full swing a little bit, this is like boys of summer taking center stage kind of time. Midsummer classic, the All Star Game coming up. Are you uh, excited for baseball to take center stage?
0: Mm, no more than normal.
1: I don't, I don't care <laughs> if it's
0: no. I just I don't care if it's center stage or whoever's watching. I'm gonna watch. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing for me.
1: You know, because I would think more 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 attention, more buzz means more questions for the all in kid on Twitter, more hype, more promotion. You know, I thought I thought you're a man who likes to be out there in public, you know, check the link, all that good stuff. I thought maybe you would like that maybe more people are starting to uh, you know, pull your cape and ask pick your brain. Nope. No. All right. Fair enough. Here's One thing, though, that makes me think, Jake, that we are getting ready for fantasy football. I go on RotoExperts.com, right? I go on RotoExperts.com this morning, Jake, because I'm like, oh, snap. We're going to start previewing more teams. I got to see what Jake's thinking in his rankings. You know what I saw, Jake? The rankings, your rankings now are a premium service. On uh, RotoExperts.com, I used to be able to just pull them up, you know, so that means to me that the exclusive edge package is getting ready to roll. Can you tell the people a little bit what can they expect in this exclusive edge package that's coming out? I'm very excited about it. I know some of our listeners are as well. You're going to be front and center with a lot of the articles. I know you're editing away as well. What can listeners start to expect coming up from the uh, exclusive edge package that I believe gets, uh, gets released this week?
0: Yeah, this week, basically anything and everything you need for fantasy football, including those rankings and projections that you can't see anymore. <laughs> an I know, attack. it's
1: really unfortunate. I can't see them anymore, so I won't be able to nail you to the wall on some of these, but hey, Jake, we had some uh, you know news and notes. I want to kind of do some quick hitters, uh, some news and notes that I saw over the weekend. Get your take. Some may move the needle, some may not. I know you tell me all the time it's June, so talk to me in a month or two. But you know your ranks are premium now, so I want to I want to start to get your insight. First place I want to go is in Buffalo, Jake. Um, they say GM says that Zay Jones is going to have to quote unquote earn his way, you know, to kind of to snaps be on the field, right? His his incidents from the off season notwithstanding. That's not what I'm talking about here at all. The idea that he needs to earn his way, I mean, Jake, you or I could almost earn their way to snaps with the Buffalo receiver room if you want to know the truth. You got Kelvin Benjamin, but who else? My question for you is, do you see Zay Jones as a viable number two wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, or in the back of your mind, do you think, sort of like I do, that the Bills are one of these teams that are still in the market to upgrade at the wide receiver position? Even a guy like an Eric Decker, a Jeremy Macklin, a Dez Bryant. What do you think about Zay Jones the Buffalo Bills wide receivers?
0: Well, Dez Bryant's not going there. I can tell you Right, he much. wants an opportunity
1: to, like, win, right, and be in a higher-profile spot. But I guess, do the Bills need to upgrade?
0: Uh, I don't know that they need to because they're not going to be contenders. I mean, why is Jeremy Macklin not this? Jeremy Macklin doesn't even upgrade that uh, the wide receiver core. Why is he going to want to go there anyway? And this is another one. It's like you're going to a team that's not going to contend. Why does anybody really want to go there, especially a team wide receivers that are, like, the end of their career and looking for hopefully – to maybe just make the playoffs. But the fact this is Zay Jones is I've never been that big of a Jay, Zay Jones fan. It came out of a five wide offense and a low level school. And people mm-hmm. thought that, you know, well, things are going to be different in the NFL and because he saw a thousand targets a game. And he's like, look, he's fine in what he does, but he's not an NFL number two. I don't care about anybody in this offense outside of Lashawn McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin. That's it.
1: All right. fair. What about Clay? What about Clay, a tight end? Is no, he a viable no, kind of streamer two mi- tight end act? No,
0: Yeah, maybe a streamer, but he's going to miss his
1: four games like he always does. That's true. But remember, remember, Jake, he changed his diet. Remember, he's in the best shape of his life. So that didn't move the needle for you because it happened in June. He's in the best shape of his life, Jake.
0: Yeah, that's going to keep him healthy for all 16 games, we'll see.
1: (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. We go to Indianapolis, Jake, where I also think there could be some additions between now and uh, training camp getting going. But at this point, boy, are they hyping rookie running back Naheem Hines, Jake. They say there's quote-unquote big designs for him in the offense. Earlier, the day you were out, there was news about him as well, that he was running as the kick returner, you know, Marlon Mack, there is banged up, coming back from injury, and it looks like Hines is kind of taking full advantage of them. Do you, as nine, is, is Hines a sleeper for you? Do you think he could be that kind of shifty role? Do you like him in PPR formats, or is this also much ado about nothing? You like Hines potentially to break out as a rookie in Indy?
0: No, nothing's changed just the last time I talked about the Colts. it's still a complete committee back there. They have also give time to Robert Turbin in this offseason. So, mm-hmm. it, again, nothing's changed. I'm still not investing in any of these running backs, whoever's the latest, maybe if it's a deeper league. But it's going to be a committee, and it's going to be frustrating.
1: All right, do you think it's also going to be a committee at running back, Jake, for the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? There was talk over the weekend about my guy Emery Hunt's favorite, Elijah Maguire, to be maybe a kind of third down back, the PPR consideration. You got Bilal Powell there. You got Crowell as well. This kid Maguire flashed once or twice uh Running backs coach for the Jets, Stump Mar- Mitchell, excuse me, called him, compared him to Ladanian Tomlinson, though, with his skill set. Bold praise, but then again, Jake, in June, everybody gets this kind of bold praise. Do you think McGuire has any kind of value behind Crowell, behind boom, boom, be loud, pow, pow, in PPR kind of formats? Or is he just, you know, back end of the, of the depth chart for the Jets?
0: No, because he's not going to see enough snaps to have the kind of value. It's Tariq Cohen with more competition for touches. So that this Isaiah Crowell is going to be the lead. blow Powell's not going anywhere. It's uh-huh. just if one of them gets hurt, likely more so Powell for him to have some value maybe there, but not in drafts. He's just not even on people's radars.
1: All right, fair enough. I'm trying to find someone on some on your radar, Jake. If we go to Philly, I doubt it's going to be this one either. But Dallas Goddard. They say he may have a week one role. Remember Philly has been running with these two tight ends for a while. Obviously Zach Ertz is there. We know about Zach Ertz as a top three tight end, but some of the thi- one thing we know about Zach Ertz as well is that he gets banged up at times. Okay. There have been years where whether it's Selleck, whether it's Trey Burton, those guys not there anymore. They're saying that Dallas Goddard could have a week run role. Do you think that this offense could sustain a second tight end? Do you have your eyes on Goddard? I know you liked him for the skill set. Going into the draft, a lot of people compared him to Zach Ertz. He now gets uh, to share the tight end room with Zach Ertz. Um, is he someone to keep an eye on? Maybe, especially given Zach Ertz's injury history, or no? No, if you're going to draft Jake. tight end. Dude, if you're gonna draft a tight end for
0: two weeks of the season, you should be playing fantasy football. You're an idiot. I'm not saying you. Hey, I'm saying people. I out
1: understand, there. Jake. I understand. But listen, Jake. It's the middle of June. I'm trying to bounce these news and notes off you to see if anything makes sense. Here's where I want to go, though. Here's where I think. I hope you believe there is more. Team. You're gonna draft to be somebody ready? else
0: for just weeks ten and eleven. Is that somebody else no. you're
1: gonna bring up? No, I don't think so. I think about people that. These are two guys that I do think you will have on fantasy rosters this year. The first, though, is kind of a case study in why, June, you can never tell what people are going to say. I'm talking about running back out of Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones, okay? You had one beat writer over the weekend say, you know, he looks real great. He's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game. He's going to be the lead part of this kind of timeshare slash committee. Then... In the same week, though, another beat writer down in Tampa says, no, this is just a straight-up committee. You know, Peyton Barber is going to get looks. You got Sims, who is still going to be the PPR back. What is your outlook for a guy like Ronald Jones um, in his rookie year? You think it's closer to him getting the 15, 20 touches and thus a viable, you know, running back two flex kind of guy? Or do you think he gets lost in a three-person committee in Tampa? I think Ronald Jones is someone who at least maybe warrants more conversation. Jake?
0: Well, it's the same conversation we had last week. It's the cycle of the offseason running backs. It's going to be Ronald Jones' backfield. It's just June right now, and this is what they always do. They give the veterans the touches first, and then the talent wins out like it does every single year at running back. So Ronald Jones is going to lead this backfield. Ronald Jones is going to be an RB2, and that's why you draft early. This is, this is the entire – last year when people were taking Kareem Hunt back in the eighth round, and Dalvin Cook was going in the fourth or fifth round in June at this time last year – this is why you draft early. That's you know, we know the downside, but this is the upside to it.
1: All right, fair enough. So maybe this is where you kind of take your shot. Listen, Jake, I'm going to tell people if they're drafting early, I'm going to take a shot on a specific running back. We haven't talked about this guy. I think you like him as well. There's reports that, uh, you know, this is a guy coming back from an Achilles injury. It is now up in the air whether he'll be back for week one. I'm talking about Houston Texans second year running back, Deontay Foreman. I'm telling you right now, Jake, I am going to have shares of Foreman on my teams, okay? I don't believe in Lamar Miller. I think he's fugazi. I think he was never worth it when they signed him in the first place. I think Deontay Foreman was coming on last year before he had the Achilles injury. Now, if they're saying, eh, he might be ready for week one, he might not. If I'm drafting early, I am taking a shot a little bit later on on a guy like Foreman because, Jake, I believe that come Halloween time, he will be the lead back for the Houston Texans. Call me crazy.
0: Mm, He'll be the lead back. This is what I said last year as well. He'll be the lead back as he'll be getting the first touches, but it's not going to be anything more than what we see with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. It's still going to be close to a 50-50 split, which just more – it's more so what it does is it hurts Lamar Biller's value than it really does a whole lot for Foreman because it's going to be frustrating from week to week. Anytime you have a backfield that nearly 50-50 split – it's going to depend on game script. So if they're up and they have a lead and they're trying right. to grind out a clock or they're rushing at the end zone, I mean, there's a big question there as to is, are we going to have a Cam Newton effect? Is Foreman going to get the goal line carries or is he going to lose some to Deshaun Watson? Like everybody does in Carolina losing him to Cam Newton. All that being said is yes, he has the power. He has the ability to be the lead, but he's also coming off an Achilles injury and Achilles injuries. Players have come back and never been the same before. So, it's june i'm not draft I'm not drafting him above where he's going because that's a
1: huge risk to take right now you're not taking him on speculation uh, so what are who are the kind of guys Let's say you are drafting now, Jake. I mean you know, and you have these stories, everyone's in the best shape of their lives, and you know uh people like you said, that rookie kind of life cycle where everyone's getting hyped up, things of that nature. What are the kind of things you would do differently if you are drafting so early? Are you more likely to stay away from the injury risk? Are you more likely to take a shot on a rookie? Like, if you are drafting earlier, are there any kind of rules of thumb or general principles that the listeners here of Roto Experts in the Morning should take advantage of? Like, we talk about, for example, in best ball formats, how you should kind of change your approach slightly to some of these guys like the Deshaun Jacksons of the world. Is there anything, if you're drafting, in June and July as opposed to late August when these camp battles are a little bit more settled. What are kind of the general approaches or principles that you would share with some of our listeners? How do you do that differently if it's two, than if it's two months from now?
0: I don't. It's, it's nothing. It's just I stick to my rankings. I stick to my draft now. It sounds simple, but that's the truth. I don't change when I'm drafting. It's what I do now. It's, I draft according to my rankings. I draft according to my projections. If Ronald Jones is a value now and he's not later on, that's how the draft falls. It's that you don't.
1: you're you're trying to overthink it over here. Jake, I'm not trying to overthink it. It's the middle of June, and I'm trying to talk to my man, the all-in kid, about football buzz. I'm trying to generate excitement, brother man. We've got the exclusive Edge package coming out this week. You know, I'm trying to drum up interest for the package here, helping you out, and I'm throwing you stories, you know, and you're like, meh. Man, it's like you're the emoji movie and you gotta be that Matt guy all the time. Break out of your shell, Jake. It's okay to be a little bit excited. Let, let me throw it back to you then, Jake. Was there any news over the weekend that did excite you in the NFL? I'll turn it over to you. What 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 would you like to talk about, Jake? Is there any are there any stories that you were really intrigued by that you think do move the needle? Because when I'm throwing them out to you, you're like, meh, nah, nah. So uh, let me ask you, let's not overthink it. But is there anything you would like to discuss here before, in fact, we get to our Bears preview when we go team by team in the NFC North?
0: No, I'm not not meh. I'm not meh things, but that's fine. Whatever.
1: You're not meh? I don't know. I think we need to cut that, guys. I, I think we need to assess, maybe put a poll up. Is Jake meh today? But there was nothing that moved the needle for you, Jake? Nothing you really want to specifically focus on before we turn it over to the Chicago Bears?
0: No, everything you bring up is fine. Just if, if I dismiss it, the, I'm dismissing it because it's the fact I don't want people to get involved in it.
1: You don't want people. So you don't care about Nate Peterman getting first-team reps over there in Buffalo? You said you didn't want any part of Buffalo. We've been talking about Josh Allen, A.J. McCarron. It seems like Nate no, Peterman getting first-team reps I said, first I reps said outside.
0: See, this is, you're doing this again. I said what? outside of Lashawn McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin. I didn't say no part of Buffalo.
1: I got you outside, no problem. But you certainly want no part of their quarterbacks, okay? And so then the idea of Nate Peterman apparently getting first team reps also doesn't uh, like that. That just further convolutes things. Do you think Peterman actually has a shot to beat out McCarron or Allen? Who the hell cares?
0: Okay, like, seriously, 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 do you care who is the quarterback for the Bills? Do you care? No. No, I okay. do not.
1: I think they're going to be one of the dregs of the AFC. So that's my point.
0: If you, if you don't care, then don't give me – I'll be an eh if I don't like – if you don't care, then what makes you think I'm going to care?
1: All right, here's something that maybe I do care about, Jake. I'm going to try one more time before we move on. you already got one more Bears time. We've you. already
0: talked about Ronald Jones. Don't
1: pretend like there hasn't been anything worthwhile. I talked about Ronald Jones. I did. I brought up Deontay Foreman. Do you care at all about Michael Gallup having a potentially, quote-unquote, good rapport with Dak? I think this was—listen, the only reason I think this is interesting is I think this is a backhanded shot at Dez not having good rapport with his wide receivers. And so they're like, oh, it's kind of like—remember how Jarvis Landry was like, oh, I love the quarterback play that I now have, almost as a backhanded uh, comment towards Ryan Tannehill? Do you think that the, quote-unquote, good rapport of Gallup and Dak is a backhanded shot at Des not being able to uh play nice in the sandbox?
0: No, I just think it's real about his talent, but he's still a raw player. I don't expect he's not going to he's not going to be the number one option for this team come week one. He's not going to leapfrog Alan Hearns. The fact is, there's a good chance Herbs misses time. Terrence Williams should get pushed aside. But if it's week one, I'd be exceptionally surprised if he's out there start one of the two starting wide receivers come week one. But this is what we said before about Michael Gallup. You draft him, you hold him for a few weeks, and once he's in that starting lineup, then you have some talent there. The fact is, again, he's raw, though. So if he's starting week one because something else happened – And I'll expect consistency.
1: That's the problem. Fair enough. You know, it, it's very hard, as, you, as we talk about all the time, Jake, for rookie wide receivers, you know, to kind of uh, get off that way. But I guess this is a better sign than the alternative. All right, Jake, let's move on. We're talking Chicago Bears. Remember, we previewed a bunch of the NFC North teams uh, last week. The Bears are the one team we did not get to. If you want to hear our Packers, our Vikings, or our Lions preview, just, you know, subscribe to Roto Experts in the morning on the podcast version, you know, Wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to go back and get our kind of our diamonds, our fugazis, our bold predictions, our calls on the over-under season win total. But we keep it going with the Chicago Bears. Jake, I got to ask you, you know, you've talked about like the second year quarterback, right? And forgive me if I'm wrong. You've said that sometimes the second year people uh, struggle a little bit because the the league has tape on you, you know, and the league is going to make the adjustment to you. The question is can you make an adjustment back? So what do you think about Mitch Trubisky the second year quarterback in Chicago? He does get Matt Nagy as a new coach, you know, new scheme coming over from Kansas City as the offensive coordinator. Give me your outlook on Trubisky. I know we've talked about him a little bit in the past. You got that second year kind of quarterback thing going, but at the same time, he's going to have a new scheme, a new offense. They sur- surrounded him with some weapons in the offseason as well. What do you think about Trubisky?
0: Well, this, there's that's all the reason why that I said it could be like Jared Goff this year. The fact is, is this was before free agency. The draft even kicked in, but this was the opportunity to do exactly what the Rams did with Jared Goff. They brought in wide receiver talent. They helped them out. They made another year of progression. They got better on defense. They got better to – like if you look at this entire team – he was thrown to nothing last year. Now he has Alan Robinson. They also bring in Trey Burton. They also draft Anthony Miller. They've got multitude of weapons Tyler now. Tyler Gabriel of, like, as well. co- compared to be- Yeah, Tyler Gabriel is fine. But, you know, compared to last year, they have ten times the weapons they did because, they, again, they really had nothing last year. Like, the fact that you can say who cares about Kevin White at this point is good for the team because last year you were hoping to get Kevin White And, again, he failed to get on the field. This year, even if he gets on the field, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. We don't care anymore because they have all these options. And they have Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in the backfield. So all these weapons put together with, as you mentioned, Nagy, too, is why he could be this year's Jared Goff. I don't think he'll be a QB1, but he's definitely going to make that leap into probably the top 20 conversation.
1: Okay, so he's a legitimate QB in two quarterback leagues then, we think. So talk to me a little bit more, Jake. You mentioned the Nagy. I've talked about the scheme coming from Kansas City. I've seen a lot of reports in this offseason, Jake. And, yes, I'll take it with a grain of salt. I know what month of the calendar it is. But I've seen a lot of reports trying to draw comparisons and analogies to, you know, this year's Chicago Bear, Player X, and trying to draw the comparison to Player Y on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs in the last couple of years. You know, I've seen the, oh, can Tyree, can uh, Tariq Cohen be the Tyree Kill role? Can Trey Burton be the Travis Kelsey role? Things of that nature. Do you subscribe to this because of the scheme or do you think they're completely different talents and completely different roles in completely different places and people should not look to try to connect those dots?
0: that's the latter part. Absolutely. I mean, you can look at what the roles will be in the offense. That's smart to do because an offense is going to have roles for players. And if you fill that role, you can look at the opportunity, but just because you're getting the opportunity, we say it all the time in sports or opportunity often helps success but it doesn't guarantee success just because you have the same opportunity Trey Burton is not Travis Kelsey there's nobody out there that's going to say that but they're going to be like oh well somebody's always he's always throwing the tight end well Mitch Trubisky is a different quarterback too you can be in a role but the office with different players and different teams is going to be different to just go out there and say this person is this person is just ignorant honestly
1: fair enough. You know, I'm not saying this person is this person, but I do look at skill and opportunity, and I do think there is something to be said for knowing the scheme and knowing the opportunities that take place within that scheme. I think those are fair kind of leaps of logic to take, but to just say Trey Burton is Travis Kelsey would, I think, be taking it a little too far. That notwithstanding, Jake, that is, in fact, my bold prediction for the Chicago Bears. No, I don't think he's a Travis Kelsey, but I do think Trey Burton can return back-end, tight-end one value. I can see him being tight-end 10, 11, or 12, and here's why, Jake. The only other piece besides, yes, the size, skill, speed, kind of wanting to be Kelsey in the Nagy role. The other thing I do with things like this, and tell me if I'm crazy, Jake, and you, know, you, you don't hesitate to tell me that if that is the case, and I appreciate that. That's why we put the fun in Functional Sports Radio here on Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy sports radio network but here's what i also think about burton jake they spent money for him okay four years 32 million as a free agent to me that makes it a little bit deeper because nagy was like i want this guy to play this kind of role they went out and got trey burton so that's my bold prediction that he returns back end tight end one numbers and i think that the fact that they invested four for 32 in him signals to you that the organization has designs for him call me crazy jake
0: no, but I'll call you crazy and overrating the money because we've done this before. We do it all the time. Just because someone gets money doesn't guarantee success. You look at the fact that Latavius Murray is a perfect example, and we've already yeah. had the conversation about the Browns. And it doesn't matter just because you got money that you're all of a sudden going to be a great player. So I I, I don't think that's the right logic to have with it. But, you know, I I don't disagree with the Burton part, I'd say, because I mean, I don't want to get you will have to look at the exclusive edge package. We've given too many away.
1: You have to look there for the bull prediction. Oh, you can't! You're not making bold predictions here on Roto Experts anymore. You got to find out. Uh, you, I like that, Jake. I like that. Leave them. No, it's not. It's
0: more. not. It's not like I'm trying to like whatever. It's I can't. I can't. That's part of buying the package. If I give away all you're the right information, nobody's gonna buy the package anymore.
1: Leave them wanting more. I got a couple of more topics I want to ask you though about the Chicago Bears, the monsters of the Midway. I'm gonna ask you one now, and then another one when we uh, come back from break, because I think we have a potential gentleman's bet. Uh, here with the Chicago Bears. But I want to ask you, you know how I call it in American history, Jake, the XYZ affair with the different kinds of wide receivers? I think the Bears were really – composing their wide receiver room in this way. Allen Robinson, you know, the prototypical kind of big outside wide receiver. He goes, what, like 6'3", or something like that, to play the X. You got Tyler Gabriel, right, who I understand may be better for the Chicago Bears than for your fantasy team as that kind of game-breaker, but then that slots Anthony Miller, the rookie, I believe, out of Memphis, right in that kind of Y position. Do you think Miller has a chance to be successful in his rookie year? Because they might, you know, as that kind of position kind of receiver,
0: Jake? Uh, there's not a question in my mind. He's a better he's a better wide receiver than Taylor Gabriel. Sure. He, should, he should be. There. But the fact is, is whether or not that's going to be valuable for fantasy is another question. Because if you're sharing, if Gabriel's out there a decent amount, and they're still sharing, and they're still out there running three wides, which I don't expect them to. I actually expect them to run a lot of 12 with Burton and Shaheen mm. on the field because I think people are forgetting about Shaheen. It's, if you're looking at that I have concerns of where the value is going to be fantasy for the second and even third wide receiver. So I think Miller can, but, I mean, we're probably still talking, like, Miller will be the number two, but we're still probably talking about, like, 550 yards and four touchdowns on the season, which isn't much
1: for fantasy. Fair enough, and 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 the funny part is when we're describing the Bears' offense, you're saying it's because like they have other options, which is crazy. Whether it's Tarek Cohen out of the backfield, whether it's the aforementioned Trey Burton, you talk about the second-year third-round pick Adam Shaheen as well, who a lot of people were high on. Jake, it's crazy that when we're talking about the Chicago Bears' offense, we're talking about a team now that has a bunch of different options, so much so that a kid like Anthony Miller may not, you know, uh, be able to pop in his rookie year when was the last time the Chicago Bears you know had wide receivers that we could talk about in this way they really went out and supported kind of Mitch Trubisky in the offseason I also I want to ask you about Tariq Cohen and then I want to ask you about Jordan Howard Jake because I think we are going I've we've talked about this before I believe we differ on Jordan Howard and you know You don't have to reveal anything from the premium ranks, but I want to find the landing spot for us to make a little bit of a gentleman's bet on Jordan Howard. We're going to do that after the break. Before the break, real quick, Tarek Cohen popped off in week one, won people millionaires, millions in daily fantasy, that sort of thing, then was kind of hit or miss. There were games where he didn't do jack and other games where he popped off. Are you expecting the same kind of hot and cold streaky play out of Tarek Cohen this year?
0: Uh, no, because I'm expecting to have a Tariq going.
1: <laughs> Fine. Um, I actually, I, I've been, I have people correct nope, me when I had people Tariq. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Everybody's okay. wrong. Hey,
0: everybody's wrong. His mom says Tariq. That's all that matters. I would love His it to mom's. be Tariq. That's what I said it's the not, first time. No, no, no. It's not love I had, it to be Tariq. His mom said Tariq, so it's Tariq. There's no if. I mean, no but I'm if. saying
1: the reason I would love it is because Tariq is the natural way I would pronounce it. So I can, instead of having to think about it all the time, I can just go with my natural pronunciation. That's why I love it, Jake, so I don't have to go through the extra step of considering it. So you should, whoever Cohen, you're talking
0: to, you need to stop listening to tell telling you how to pronounce things.
1: They, right, they don't know how, how to pronounce names. Mu- well, take that up with our guy, the king of fantasy, Scott Angle. But you think Tariq Cohen, then is going to still be streaky, correct? Yeah,
0: that's because that's the role it is. It's is just what it comes down to—the fact that if you can get anywhere from five to twelve touches per week. You're yeah. going to be stre- everybody's going to be streaky.
1: All right, fair enough. Maybe he's a best ball kind of guy. We'll ask Jake when we come back about that. I also, though, I want to get clear on Jordan Howard, what he expects from him, because we've been talking about some of these other playmakers in the offense. But I know, I know, Jake. Thinks that Jordan Howard has some value more than most. Let's try and pin him down and make a bet. It's Dane and Jake here on Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When We come back, Jordan Howard and Roto Cleo as well. Come on right back on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jane Martinez. They call me Speeds spin speed, Statistician. We got the All-In Kid, Jake Sealy, as well. Jake, I was teasing it before we went to break that I think we differ on Jordan Howard, just in some of the kind of conversations we've had before. I know that you. You know, I kind of always push this angle on you, the idea that the pie is the pie, right? There's 100% of the pie, and that when they get other guys, as the Bears did with Burton, AR-15, Tyler Gabriel, um, drafting Miller, that, you know, those people eat into the share of the pie that other people had. You, I think, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. You think that, you know, Jordan Howard is going to sustain his value, and that was actually better than most people think, kind of returning, you know, solid RB2 numbers moving forward. All these other impacts, the new scheme of Nagy, getting AR-15, Taylor Gabriel, signing Trey Burton, drafting Anthony Miller, you know, do obviously Cohen in the backfield as well. I hear his first name is pronounced Tariq. Um, do you think that... In any way, shape, or form, Jordan Howard is going to be the sacrificial lamb of opportunity in this offense?
0: No, not at all. Not even in the least. the fact okay. is, tell it's, me why. I was going to. It's the, fact is the, it's the same team as last year, just with better talent, and it just makes the offense better. This is the same discussion we keep having for everybody out there that always assumes, oh, you know, this guy's got this or this guy's got whatever. The offense is going to be better, which means – More potential snaps on the field because the offense can stay on the field, which means more opportunities to score a touchdown because they're in the red zone more. Just because they have a better balance on offense and more weapons – Look at how many times do we have to go back to the Rams and say, Look at the Rams. The Rams are the if anybody wants it, I'm just that's all I'm going to say. From now on, I'm just going to say, Go look at the 2017 Rams. That's just the answer. It's because everybody's like, Well, they had a brand of Cooks and Sammy Watkins, and then they drafted Cooper Cup and they drafted Josh Reynolds and Todd Gurley. Well, what's going to happen to Todd Gurley? What's going to happen to Sammy Watkins and like say, the fact that he's the number three? And then you go look at the Rams. Everybody did better, everybody had a good year. That's just what happens is everybody's going to be fine. Jordan Howard was number 10. Last hmm. year, 1,100 yards and nine rushing touchdowns. Did he do much receiving? No, that's not going to change. But he's still going to rush for over 1,000 yards and multiple touchdowns, a good amount of touchdowns? Right. Yep, he's going to do exact the same thing again.
1: All right, so you still have him pegged probably for high single digit touchdowns. I don't want to reveal too much because, you know, his rankings are now premium over no, on rotoesports.com. No, RB13. He's RB13. Okay. So. I think he's going to do worse, okay? I think he's going to do worse. I do believe that there will be some uh, growing pains with all these new guys coming in. How... Uh, you know, I want to I wanna be clear here, Jake, so that we don't have a moving target here. If you have him running back, say, 13, I believe far worse. Where, where would you uh, allow for me to set a kind of over-under for Jordan Howard's running back ranks for us to make a, uh, for us to make a deal here, or a bet, let's say, that we could track, you know, kind of uh, throughout the season? If I say he will definitely be lower than running back 15, is that not bold enough? For no. us to make a bet? Okay, fine, fine. That's why I'm trying to I'm trying to find the level, and you know, in any negotiation, this, Jake, this, you have to points. start high. I know, but in any negotiation, you have to start and then find the middle ground. Where do you think would be an interesting bet? Um, if I were to take him behind running back eighteen, which would be set, uh, five different, is that something we could kind of draw a line at? If I no. say he will be lower than running back eighteen, no, twenty. That's as far as I'll go.
0: And still no, then. When you start talking about he's not an RB2, then we'll talk. That's bold. The fact is, the the difference between RB13 and RB24 yeah. is two is two touchdowns in the season. I'm not making a bet on that because that could swing any given – we've seen that. Right so back is, that to then to say,
1: goes, is that then to say, Jake, when any time we talk rankings and the difference of the rankings is like five or six spots, we could call that – we should call that negligible?
0: It, well, it depends on where the gap is because five to six spots – at 10 to 15 is four points. But if you're including – actually, no, it's not. So here's a good example. This is all I'll say about the projections because then it's going to be given too much away. But Jordan Howard to running back 22 is 20 points. So this three and a little like 20 yards. 20 yards and three touchdowns in the season is going to make a difference right there. But if you jump from RB12, and I won't say who that is, Mm -hmm. to RB18, that's actually 37 points. So it just – it kind of depends on where the tiers are and where you're going to fall. So it could be negligible to your point, but it could also be a significant gap depending on what's
1: in that range. No, that makes sense to me. I mean there are tiers and stuff, right? And so maybe if it happens to be within a tier, like six people – could be someone still within the same kind of tier. It could also jump an entire short tier if you only got four people in that next one. So that right. does If make you're going to be bold and
0: you're going to tell me he's worse, tell me he's not going to be an RB2.
1: Right. I understand that, Jake. But here's the thing we have to split the difference on some level. Because if I'm going to say he's no, not going to no be an splitting RB2, a
0: difference. you're saying he's going to be bold.
1: Is he, no, say, I'm like, saying let's make be... our, let's make our, let's find the landing place for us to be able to make a bet. And so that, in my opinion, needs to split the difference between what you say and what I say. We're outside of – we're not in the bold predictions anymore. I understand what you're saying, how far down I would have to go to be bold. But in order to be bold, for me to have that bold spot and for you to just have wherever you think it's ranked, I think if we're going to come to a middle and what would be a fair betting grounds, it has to be somewhere in between what we're saying.
0: No, not for this bet. I'm not I mean, going to bet, so, bet on a negligible spot. I'm not going to bet, like, oh, he finishes five spots behind. So we don't, like
1: continuing, to, continuing we don't have to. Continuing to not want to play my games. No, I don't. I don't want to play stupid betting
0: games if I don't want to bet on it. If, I, if I'm going to Vegas, I'm not going to bet on, like, something that minimal. This like, where I
1: say easily lose as it is easily win. It's, it's just, that's like flipping a coin. Right, that's what, you know, that's what, when, when Vegas sets lines and no, every no, no, no. single nice way, try. what they do nice is try. to try to get half the money on each side. That's the that's whole what they, point of setting a line, James. That's
0: what they try to do, but you know this just as well, and you always talk about going to my MyBookieAG and changing yeah. the lines for what you want. You don't go to Vegas and just bet on 50-50s. You bet when you think you know that there is a better than 50-50 chance.
1: Fair enough, but what I was saying, the whole goal of us was to try to establish a fair line where we would both feel comfortable taking on a similar amount of risk by taking the bet. That's what we are doing here. Like, that's what we try to do when we're saying, oh, how much do you think he's going to go? Let's take it in another position. Let's say the Michael Gallup that we were talking about. Let's say you think he's going to get 800 yards. I think he's going to get 400 yards. Then where we put the over-under is 600 yards. So I'm just trying to find out where is that spot, but clearly, Jake, you don't want to play. It's okay. People that want to play with me can, in fact, go on over to mybookie.ag just like Jake mentioned. And if you got a guy like Jake and you you can't nail him down, it's okay. They do it automated for you at the props builder tool at mybookie.ag. You like slanting it in your favor like my guy, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, you can do that and then bet at minus 200 all the time. Whatever your kind of fancy is, you can do over at mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y, you will get a 50% deposit bonus. All right, Jake, last question I want to ask you about the Bears, though, okay? We talked about the Detroit Lions last week, and we said with their over-under being eight, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. We both agreed that that was a little high, and that we would take the under on them. How do you feel about the season win total for the Chicago Bears being at six and a half wins? You have Minnesota. You have Green Bay. I thought it was curious that the Detroit line was higher than the Bears line, given all the buzz we've been hearing about the Nagy scheme and you know some of the new weapons that they got. You know, both first-year coaches in the NFC North in Detroit and in Chicago. Do you think? Uh, do you expect the Bears to finish a of the Lions because I think the Lions over under at eight is a little high. I think the Bears over under at six and a half is just about right. What do you say, Jake? No, I
0: actually could easily see the Lions being the worst team in this conference, but right. yeah, at the division, honestly, um, I, I just, but I'm not betting either one of them. I'm not, there's just, you know, depending on what happens within the division could swing it so many different ways, even at six and a half. I'm not touching,
1: I'm not touching the Bears or the Lions this year. I'm just not would you go on over to mybookie.ag because it seems like you can get plus money on just the Bears outperforming the Lions, having a better season than the Lions because the line is eight for Detroit, six and a half for Chicago. So would that be a thing you would do over at mybookie.ag with the props builder, just say Bears greater than regular season wins than the Detroit Lions? Could I interest you in that kind of action, Jake?
0: Yeah, and if I'm betting the Lions, I would bet the under if I'm going to bet the two. Yeah, that absolutely. I could definitely see them going down to five wins. I could just see that happen with that team. So, yeah, I would definitely take the Bears over them. And if I was betting one of the two, if I would stay away from the Bears. The Bears, I could see going yeah. four wins or I could see them going eight wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it just depends on how everything clicks because now they finally have the talent. But is it all right. going to mesh well? Uh, but the Lions, definitely. I'll take the under and under the Bears.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I agree with you. I like the Bears to finish ahead of the Lions. I think the Lions over-under is really the place to hammer in this division. If the over-under is 8, they need to go 9-7 and for you to lose that bet if you place an under-bet. Jake, similar with the Bears, you know, I think there's a lot of variance in them as well. The last thing I'll say, Jake, on the Bears, the end of their schedule, not easy, okay? This could be a team, you may be able to get value on them, like they could be a team that start off hot and then really kind of the wheels could fall off in the end four of their last six games are on the road they finish up with week 16 and 17 at san francisco at minnesota home their home games only in that stretch two of the last six are at home but their opponents green bay and the rams so not an easy start uh not an easy uh november and december holiday season in chicago could be a little bit tough hey jake we got a poll question up, okay? We're doing that face of baseball bracket. We're in the second round finally, and I think the Cinderella run of Justin Verlander is coming to an end. The four seed Mike Trout stomping him right now. We've got uh, Mike Trout over Justin Verlander. You don't want to lobby and try and get Verlander to uh, overtake Mike Trout. I don't know, e- even if your power would uh, overtake a uh, you know a seventy a seventy eight percentage point lead, right, Jake?
0: No. It's because no no because the fact is is it should it shouldn't be for a lander, not even close.
1: Yeah, I agree. It should be Trout. We're going to get through our second round of this bracket tournament this week. I've, we got some big matchups, though, Jake. Altuve versus Stanton, Harper versus Pujols, and then the Judge all rise against Chris Bryant. Should be interesting. We'll get to our final four for next week. Jake, I bring it back to baseball because the last thing we have to do is look at Roto-Cleo. All right, we look at Roto-Cleo. Listen, you maintain your lead. I was hot for last week. I, You know, I was hot. Hitting a lot of things, but I was going very conservative going with the hit and the win. Our guy, J-Rod, nailed it with uh, Zach Godley last week as well. Yeah, I saw you going back and forth with him over the weekend, Jake, to clarify the scoring settings of Roto-Clio. You continue to lead, Jake. Um, Where are you going today?
0: Mm, Today's miserable, honestly. That's the problem. Is I don't want to take a big name, but the fact is I'm just nowhere on earth I'm touching Sonny Gray in Washington. I think he could get hammer tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grom is in Colorado. Colorado. So, and the Mets don't score anything. And then you go down and look at the rest of the matchups, just like Chassine versus Trevor Williams, Mayeda versus Chatwood, uh, let's see, Cole. <laughs> this should be probably an over under a 15 It's Bartolo Colon versus Ian Kennedy. Yeah. So I'm just going down the list and it's just, it's miserable. So it's going to seem like a big name, but at least it won't be Garrett Cole. I'm just going to take Trevor Bauer at home for the Indians against the White Sox. It's just, it's a bet. This is to the point. If you're out there playing DFS, sometimes you have to do this. You have to get Cole or Bauer on your team as one of your two pitchers
1: yeah fair enough listen if and this may be one of those days right where you have to go with the chalk, you know you have to do that because there's just dregs otherwise, right. and you find places to make it up with your hitting go Like, Michael looks good,
0: yeah. but he's in Philly against Pavetta, who's pitched really mm-hmm. well for most of the season- like so if you just look at the fact of the slate and if you look at the Vegas over unders no there's only two teams with a bigger line than
1: about one twenty five and mm-hmm. it's Colin. And uh, Trevor Bauer and Bauer. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do to that point. Jake, I'm going to be conservative. My starter, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a quality start, not for a win, because quite frankly, he is a road underdog. But I like the ballpark. I like the way this guy has been pitching, striking guys out left and right. He's pitching against someone who's almost had a five ERA. Jake, today I am taking Caleb Smith of the Miami Marlins in San Francisco against Andrew Suarez. That Giants lineup does not scare me. They've lost Longoria as well. It did, but listen, like you said, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel and I'm taking a shot. Give me Caleb Smith. Not necessarily get a win. You're right. The uh, Giants are minus 150 favorites today, but give me Caleb Smith for a quality start. Then, Jake, offensively. I am going. Listen, I'm going with a power hitter who's hitting leadoff. I believe, and that's Eric Thames. He gets the platoon kind of advantage against Trevor Williams. I like that. I like that he's coming back. I like that he can go yard. I'm gonna take uh, Thames in Pittsburgh against <laughs> Trevor Williams. Go ahead.
0: It, it's Thames.
1: Thames, my bad. I was thinking about Marcus <laughs> Thames. You know, I was thinking yeah. about Marcus Thames. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, you're good. Uh, I am Caleb actually Smith,
1: with... Eric Thames. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> No, Thames. He actually pronounces the T-H.
1: You know, you really are the pronunciation. I got to go to you for pronunciation all the time. Can you <laughs> now try- in our spreadsheet, can you, just like you. can you do it like phonetic try- spelling? Can you do phonetic spelling?
0: I'm just trying to help you. I it's just, all good. You know, I appreciate like, it, like, like, Jake. Where you going? Like, Sometimes I'm occasionally wrong, and I like when people correct me, so I've pronounced it. Really? I,
1: really? Yeah. You're occasionally wrong. Can we cut that, JP? Uh, go ahead. Where are you going, on, uh, where are you going today, Jake?
0: Uh, I thought you were at first when you said the power hitter on the road, I thought you were going the same thing or, well, did you say on the road? No, because aren't they home? I don't know. Uh, I don't care. No, they so are on I the say, road. They're on the road. Uh, okay. Save yeah, in I Pittsburgh. You, I'm out of baseball right now, but I do know this is the fact that he's only hitting 200, but there's few people with more power. And I joked about the fact that this game might be a 15 over under Bartolo Colon versus Ian mm-hmm. Kennedy. So I'm taking Joey Gallo to go deep up Ian Kennedy. I mean, that's, I mean, got to do that.
1: No, I like that. Listen, if he does, in fact, that will help my actual uh, Roto team, which is in second place right now. Jake, I need a little bit of power from my guys. The Trevor ending story uh, to keep my ascension going. I'm in second place in this league. I need some saves, you know, so we're, we're seeing where we can go. Scott was saying this is the time you look at the categories you need and start to make, uh, you know, bets. What What division should we go to next, Jake? You know, uh, let me put it on you. What division do we go through next? We finished the NFC uh, North. Do you want to just kind of, you know, we did AFC North and NFC North. You want to go back to the AFC, maybe, I don't know, AFC South. Where do do you want to go starting tomorrow?
0: No ex- a- AFC South. Sounds good. <laughs> All
1: right, fair <laughs> enough. Made, we'll, made it easy. <laughs> we'll start with the AFC South tomorrow. We will keep it locked. Listen, Carton and Friends is up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Remember, we got the trivia contest coming up in a couple of weeks. I believe the Roto Experts and the Morning listeners are far better than the Fantasy Football Frenzy listeners. What do you think, Jake? You think the, oh, our, our no listeners questions. our listeners, will win that contest forever? And definitely over the Best Friends forever, right? But they're the, they're the same. For me. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'll see you tomorrow, Jake. Have a good one. Roto experts in the morning, fantasy sports, real.